for details. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring CBD-infused seltzer to get happy, legal for 18 and up, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Stay with you, Trent Condon here. Ken on vacation, and I got the Lane Staley lookalike, John Lamb, joining me from Handel University. He's got his sunglasses on. What is this? Allison Chains Unplugged? I, I just feel the old grunge 90s rock going through me right now. Do, do you know Lane Staley, the lead singer that passed away tragically, of Allison Chains? Do you know who he is? Do you, have you ever seen a picture of him? Do you want me to tell you the truth? Yeah. I deep dive and get way into some crazy stuff. Yeah. And yes, he, he like withered away yeah. like 85 pounds. Yeah. He was obsessed with video games. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. buddy. Look it up. Yeah. It's worth your time. Probably playing, let's see, in the 90s, probably playing a little, what, a little GoldenEye on, uh, on N64, something like oh, that. Y- you had a video game system. That must have been nice, man. That would have <laughs> been really cool. Yeah, that's why you mow the lawns, right? You're able to do that and get we, yourself a game? We shoveled snow in Idaho, and okay. I sold Pokemon cards at the mall. Sold Pokemon. Well, that, that's our age gap right there. We got <laughs> we got the 10-year the age difference there. Pokemon was not a thing for me. But uh, definitely, yeah, getting video games, oh, so good. But that's crazy. Yeah, you look like Lane. You got a Lane Staley look. You right? mean that? Yeah, absolutely. You had the sunglasses on. That's, that's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said, except for they called me middle class once. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, obviously, that's anything right we <laughs> we came from uh yeah definitely probably middle class was stretching it just a little bit of uh, both of our upbringings well john your basketball you know the game incredibly well and i love just talking hoops with you when we get to do high school games here on kxno it's always so much fun and it's easier when we're not on the radio mm-hmm. and we're just talking just talking right at the chicken coop well and yeah we can we can say a few things maybe some words that you can't throw yeah. on the air yeah on radio and you have terrible language i if people only knew the way that I actually speak outside of the air. You're great, dude. But you know the game well, and you open up things, because I know the game on a very surface level. Yeah, I played terribly in the North Iowa Conference. JV basketball. Yeah, I, I was not a star by any means. Five seven two guards are not exactly well-respected uh, across the game, but I think I have a general understanding of the game. Yeah, you do. You take it to another level, though, and understanding... All right, it's a screen roll. Sure, I can see that. It's a pick and roll. But what's happening inside of that? And what's the other right. movement off that? And those are the things that are just above my understanding that you can help out. So I love digging down to the game that way. But also, when we're talking college basketball, we're talking about the Hawkeyes, we're talking about the Cyclones and, and what they're doing. I can see Frey McCaffrey draws up good plays. I can see what mm-hmm. he is doing offensively. But then why they get bogged down at times? Why that offense that can run a secondary break as good as anybody. Why all of a sudden they get shut down by certain defensive systems and you can help that out. So before we kind of get into rosters and looking at the teams next year, I just want to get your overview of X's and O's wise, how you view each of these coaches. Let's start with the guy I know you know well, TJ Otzelberger. And when he was hired just over a year ago at Iowa State, one thing we heard from some UNLV people that we had on here, 
is the X's and O's weren't a strength. So when you look at what he did, and certainly the respect that I was built on last year, what they did defensively, when you look at schematically what TJ's trying to do, kind of dumb it down if you can for me, and dumb it down what he's trying to do system-wise at Iowa State. Right. Um, I will, but I'm going to change topics real fast. I just want to say congratulations to all the state track runners. Oh, absolutely. You know, everybody that uh, did make it, did make it, that, you know, put themselves out there for their teams. It's going to be a cool weekend here in Des Moines. Back to the good stuff. There you go. No, TJ's an unbelievable coach, and I don't think uh, I don't think our state realizes how blessed we are to have Ben Jacobson, Darren DeVries, Fran McCaffrey, TJ Oldsberger. Like we have very high, high, high level basketball coaches here, and, and in regards to TJ, obviously he's he's defensive minded. Mm-hmm. He, he's a grinder. He works his butt off. I mean, you see those biceps. He really, really tries to get the absolute best out of his players. Offensively, um, you know, it's never easy to score in the Big 12. Big Mm -hmm. 12 is an unbelievable league. But he does a great job with schemes and quick hitters and ATOs after timeouts. That's what that means. Okay. And he really gets good players. You know, we talked about that with Saban and this whole NIL thing. It's Jimmy's and Joe's, buddy. It is not X's and O's when you get to that level. You can't uh, scheme your way into a Big 12 title. No, absolutely not. Now, you can work it and you can, you know, be within four with four minutes left mm-hmm. and, and really break it down. And I think all of our Big Four coaches do an unbelievable job of that. But at the end of the day, you know, his his MO is guard the basketball, protect the rim, help your brother. And get the job done. I don't know another coach that has that type of just intestinal fortitude like TJ does. He he is he is he's one of a kind, and, and I'm glad our fans get to watch him do his deal. Let's go over to Iowa City for Ian McCaffrey going into his 13th season. He has to me built the program up certainly to the Dr. Tom standards that he had mm-hmm. set. Got that program back after the disaster of Steve Alford. Got even worse under Todd Licklider. He's got the program back. I understand the fan base; they want more. They want to get to that second weekend. Well, here's the thing. How you get to the second weekend, you keep making the tournament. Mm-hmm. And you keep making the tournament, and you're going to break through. They had a great draw last year. They that, did. That, that disappointment of the Richmond game, it's palpable because that was a bad Richmond team. There, there's no two ways about it. Hey, now, I, my, I know, point, I know my the point guard, guard is my guy. And I, know. I work with them all the time. They Jacob Gilliard. They were terrible. They Iowa should not have overachieved. Lost they shouldn't have. But, you know, the truth is, it's hard, man. It's a one and done. And, and they it played is. a seven-game series. They beat Richmond. Oh, they beat them six out of seven times. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not even close. But the fact is, I, I think our fans need to do a better job of appreciating what Fran is actually doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he recruits high-level human beings. He gets them to play hard as crap, and he develops these young men. Yeah, that is that is so hard to do. You know, he never has to re-recruit players. I mean, NIL's been through. Yeah. He doesn't have to do that stuff. He is, he's one of a kind when it comes to, uh, you know, his, his culture and, and how he lets his guys play so freely. Dude, they score a bunch of points. They're, it's a fun system to watch. Oh, it's, it's, it's great. I, I really, really appreciate what he does for, for the state of Iowa and, and all us Hawkeye fans. Dr. Tom never had a stretch where he made seven tournaments in nine years. I still don't know if Dr. Tom is actually a doctor. I think we need to check that. He's a doctor of education. 
He got his doctorate in education. So he's not a medical doctor. Dude, he was doing NIL before NIL. That's <laughs> that's like when you get the superintendent that's a doctor. <laughs> yeah, they're a doctor of education. That was Dr. Tob, Dr. Tob Davis. But he had never had a stretch like this. No. Seven out of nine years. Yes, he won in the first round every year. But there was also a gap between 1988 and 1998 that they didn't make it to the second weekend of the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. Of course, his final season is when they broke through the last Sweet 16 for Iowa. So, Fran McCaffrey, let's talk about him as a coach. When you watch his teams play, what do you enjoy? There's little things that I get annoyed with at times. His usage of two timeout. Fouls. Uh, the two-foul thing drives me absolutely crazy, <laughs> as you know. We've gone round and round on that one because you're a two-foul guy I am. also with your program. But the one thing that I see is the consistency that he's brought and his ability to find talent. Mm-hmm. Think of a guy like Aaron White, yeah. who was... What a 500th ranked player in the country. Nobody in Ohio wanted him. He had red hair, too. He had red hair. You're probably buddies with him because of that. Hey, thank you. He found that guy, liked him right away, and when nobody else was, I think it was Duquesne and Iowa were his finalists for his services. And he goes to Iowa and becomes an all Big Big Ten player. The Murray brothers now. Where That's an anomaly, bro. I've, I've told you before, though, when they were being recruited by Western Illinois, even before they went to prep school, Western Illinois was their only D1 offer, and the person told me that's a stretch. A bad Summit League yeah. program was a stretch for them. They should go to Minnesota State instead and play D2 basketball. Now Keegan's going to be possibly a top-five pick, and Chris has an opportunity himself. That's where I want to go, though. The ability to find talent. You're not going to go, and we know Fran is not going to play inside the outside of the the coloring lines, if you will, in college sports. He is not going to even bend cheat. rules. And he turns people in. Mm-hmm. He is But not like Bruce Pearl. No, right, right. D- different level of turning people in. So when you look at Fran's program, you look at, just give me an overview of how you see Fran McCaffrey. Dude, he, he does an un, unbelievable job of vetting his players. You think about some of the guys he gets, uh, a lot of them are East Coast dudes, mm-hmm. right? They go to a $60,000 a year private school. You know, they have to go to school, they have to dress up, they have to tuck their shirt in, they have to, you know, finish first in lines, you know, they have to get their two gallons of water in. I mean, the discipline that he attacks is is very special. Tell me one player that hasn't graduated from Iowa. And even the guys that leave, it's not like it is, mm. even C.J. Frederick, which was as shady as all get out. Oh, dude. Dude was gone anyways. Uncle Joe is yeah. a shady SOB. There's I, no doubt about it. I, I've been on that river bridge. Like, you know, when you're, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're talking Covington Catholic, come on, man. You, you're right on, on that Kentucky, Ohio border. You know, I went to school in, at Moorhead State in Kentucky. It was 90 minutes from there. It, it's a different world over there. That guy was gone. That, that's a selfish ambition. And, and you, you probably saw it defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see some of these characteristics characteristics what fran does is he finds the right guy for the right system which is the right fit i admire the man i I really do let's go up the street to forest avenue and drake and oh yes it was a long time before devries got the job i I know so many people inside of basketball circles continued to scratch their heads how isn't this guy getting a job Mm -hmm. he's got the pedigree He's coached under great coaches. He's been at big-time programs. Why did it take so long? Or more than anything, maybe it wasn't just fit, where Darren was waiting for the right fit. No, he he is an absolute professional. 
He's a loyal guy. He he learned it. He bought it. He 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 soaked all into whatever he was doing. That that's what makes him such an amazing guy. You know, I tra- I train Roman Penn, and he speaks stars and stripes of this guy. Mm-hmm. And you watch him, and you watch his professional career. You watch, um, obviously, his brother was very very successful. His family is very very successful. They're just amazing people. And, and when you think about furthering your career and and the right time, and he could have left. He could have gone. You know, he could have gone the D2 route. He could mm-hmm. have done a whole bunch of things. He is just a pro's pro. And, and he, he waited his turn. He did his deal. And you see the success that, that is a byproduct of that. So Roman Penn's coming back for another year. Heck yes, buddy. Healthy. Can we get 35 games of healthy Roman Penn, please? Dude, he, he played this entire year with a really bad foot. Yeah. And, and he did whatever it took. But again, it goes back to DeVries. Just the selflessness, the loyalty, the just team first that that is just perpetuated through that locker room, and and I admire Roman for that, and you know he has a blessing to have another year. DJ's coming back, DJ Wilkins. Mm-hmm. We know what a kind of defender he is. Garrett Sturts, the ultimate try high guy, hard guy, right. one that we can all look at and say, yep. man, if I was just six three, I could have been that dude. Right. He just he's out there. He is a worker. He is so much fun to watch. You couple that, of course, you get Brody back for another yep. season, and then Tucker. Going into a sophomore campaign, how about Samaki? A healthy Samaki this year, what he can do inside, and then they just had a kid from Truman State. How did Horner let that one get away? As uh, they picked up a, another commitment in Eric Northweather, who will be coming in, really good player at, North, at Truman State for Horner the last couple of seasons. It's a roster that looks like it's built to win in a big time way, and maybe not even MVC favorites, but certainly a team that you can anticipate. They're going to put themselves. If they can get off to a good start and the chance of being an at-large team, I, I think they can build that kind of resume. Yeah, and, and kudos to Horner. I mean, he's doing an, a, a, just a fantastic job down in Truman. What is it? Truman, Truman State, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's the town called? Where is it, that at? It, it used to be Northeast Missouri State, didn't it? Is that what it was? Yeah, the yeah. Harvard of the Midwest. That's, they that's what they it. consider themselves, yes. Right. Purple and white. Um, you know, he, he gets good guys, and he doesn't just throw offers around. Hard-nosed dudes just that can really play. And I, I just, I, I admire what, what's about to happen in our city. It's, we've been waiting so long. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to bash the fan base and, you know, all these 70-year-old lawyers. Those are great guys, and they're incredibly supportive to this program. It's about time we had a hometown team, and and they're going to rock and they're going to roll. You and I is going through a transition. In this evolving world of college athletics, maybe the one that's been impacted the most is Northern Iowa basketball. You see, obviously, the loss of Noah Carter. You see A.J. Green. Now the possibility, if he doesn't stick in the league, he is going to go possibly to Iowa State or even Duke. He's got those opportunities in front of him. Ben Jacobson, another guy that has developed talent incredibly well, finding guys in the margins. You, you go all the way back to the beginning of his tenure with him and McDermott and, and some of the guys. I think of David Gruber, who turned into an all-MVC player at like six foot four, playing center, and, and finding these guys, and Matt Schneiderman, and Eric Coleman, and on and on and on. Just so many good players. You're good at this, man. Oh, they, they had some studs that went through there. Lucas O'Rear. Yes, the big, uh, the the big uh, cloverleaf out, out of shoulder up there, and a great baseball player I that heard can that. shut up there I in the nineties. And uh, got a shot with think with the Reds organization is where he went 
after he completed his uh, his baseball at UNI along with basketball. So the program has been very good. They won two MVC regular season titles, but didn't break through and get to the tournament, lost in the tournament a couple of years ago to Drake and, of course, a year ago. So where is this program going forward? He has built up so much goodwill. He's put that program on the map, the McLeod Center, being built. He's done all these things. But in this evolving world, do you have concerns about how, how you and I is going to be able to adapt going forward? No, first and foremost, you have to appreciate, obviously, the alpha dog that Ben Jacobson is. But you also have to appreciate you know, his, his right-hand guy, PJ Hogan, yeah. you know, who's been there the entire time. They have the culture. It's set in stone. It's cemented in there. I'm not necessarily worried about those guys. They always get their dudes to play the right way. You know, it, it's not, it, it's not a up the floor transitional game like the Hawkeyes have, but they just play basketball the right way. And they've got so much more efficient offensively. Yeah, and, and, and that was Nick Nurse, right? The former UNI player that him and Ben got together, and they they didn't change the pace. The tempo remains the same, but efficiency-wise, that UNI offense has looked really good. Yeah, it, it has. And what what is even deeper than that, Ben loves his dudes. He goes above and beyond for his players. And I, I can't express how much I have gratitude towards him for a couple of the guys that he's mentored and loved, loved on and, you and I is a great, great spot for a lot of young men. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he continually sees success, that's that's him. That's doing it the right way. That's, you know, getting the right players. That's getting to play the right way. It's everybody's buying in. Purple looks good on just a few guys, but it always looks good up in Cedar Falls. So they, they got a crew coming back. Austin Fife. We don't know. It was so sad. It was really sad watching him this year. He was dealing with long COVID, and he just couldn't get his lungs back. He just he couldn't play more than three minutes. And you remember Austin when he was at his heights? Dude was a stud. Lefty, yes. What? Put it on yes. the floor, hit that top of the three, uh, key three. He was just he was so fun to watch. And who knows physically if he's ever going to be able to come back? But I mean that's a pretty nice building block. Bowen Bourne, what he's turned into, and dude can score. He he can get up and down the floor. He, he's a, a big dude. time player. At five foot eleven, I mean, one hundred and sixty pounds dripping wet, but he competes and he is out there and he grinds and he plays. Cole Henry, we've I'm talked about this. Yes. You know how much I love Cole Henry. I'm with you. They need some more pieces. Nate Heisey, first time I saw him two years ago, his freshman campaign, I said, "Boy, this is a stretch." I, I don't know this kid. He kept playing and he played incredibly well last year. They need more pieces though. Certainly, if AJ doesn't come back to you and I, which is still on the table, but people said maybe a five percent chance is all that he'd go back and finish up his career at you and I. Got to get some more pieces. What can you and I to compete and compete in this changing world? You know, that's that's a really, really tough question, Trent. And I don't have an answer to that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that... You mentioned the lawyers. There's money at Drake. Oh, yeah. You and I as accountants and teachers. And Not the same kind of money. farmers and Lincoln Savings Bank. <laughs> yeah, LSB. And, you know, but it goes back to the culture that Ben's created. It is one of a kind, and he he does a great job of, you know, you talk about, you know, Nate, like, they get good players that that seem to always make shots, that are gym rats, that get the job done, you know, and I think when you have a, an atmosphere of, of love and just, you know, real growth and accountability, mm-hmm. they're going to win, and, and they win 52 to 48. You know, they grind those things out and, and they're tough. 
but they always get the job done. Let's look to next season, and uh, we'll zero in on the big two here, Iowa State and Iowa. Let's start with the Cyclones. You got the crew coming back. Jazz Koontz, who we really saw good moments out of him. That corner three, a thing of beauty in the flowing locks. Love watching him play. Kalsher, of course, coming back. And we know he's not a great shooter, That's but he defends. And take what you did in the Wisconsin game. Get to the rim more. Yep. Don't settle. Yep. Because, yeah, you can knock down threes, but it's not your strength. Get to the rim. I think that's when Gabe Kalsher is at his best. Robert Jones comes back, grills back. I want to talk about the new pieces, though. And what you know about the two St. Bonaventure kids, Holmes and Asuni, who is a great defender inside, what they can do there. Hassan Ward from VCU. Trey King, the Georgetown transfer, who was on campus back this winter. What we're going to see out of him, Jeremiah Williams from Temple. Any of those guys stand out? What do you know, if anything, about any of those guys and, and how they're going to help out Otz's team this year? You know, all of them fit the MO of, of TJ. They defend like crazy. Mm-hmm. They compete like crazy. You know, they have a little bit, uh, maybe I would say, uh, an offensive repertoire that's maybe a little more advanced than maybe the players they lost. Okay. Um, but, it, you know, TJ is so strategic with his moves. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why he's it's not a, just getting a dude to get a dude. No, he's he's a TJ's a guy, man. TJ is he's a real, real guy and, and the way that he vets, you know, even even his players to fit his scheme, it's not like Fran's scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's not getting uh uh one of the top five transfers because he doesn't want him. Yeah. You know, he thinks this thing out deep and, and I'm I'm really impressed with what with what he's building there. But the the cyclones are gonna guard and they're going to be a little bit better scorers as they get used to TJ's offensive schemes. And I think that, you know, Caleb Grill's going to score a little bit more. I think that TJ all summer is going to really press Gabe to, like you said, attack the rim. Um, and, you know, you're in the Big 12. You don't play Big 12. He doesn't offer you a full ride, $30,000 a year scholarship. Yeah. If he doesn't think that you're going to be valuable to the school first. Right, like TJ is Iowa State in. I I see a lot of Matt Campbell in. I I truly truly do. You know, people will be calling, people will be knocking, but this is this is his dream job. He's worked his butt off. I remember when I was bringing players to him at South Dakota State, mm-hmm. and I walked in his office. All of his notes were very meticulous, all in line. His notebooks. He had a trillion books, no Harry Potter books, which I was <laughs> disappointed in. He's constantly learning, he's constantly growing, and he's going to build a very, very successful program there. For Iowa, I think it's pretty simple, right? If Chris Murray goes to the NBA and stays in the draft, he won't. they're going to be in trouble. So you, you don't think there's a shot? Not at all. Help me out why the decision comes down from the Murray camp for him not to at least go to the Combine this week. Is it as simple as I'm coming back? If it's that simple, then just say you're coming back. Yeah, but, you know, we talked about NIL earlier. Like, there is a strategic play to this. Gotcha. And, you know, I couldn't say better things about his father and his mm-hmm. mother. Incredible people. Incredible humans. They put a ton of work in. They've trusted the process. They've sacrificed a ton. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They kind of really freaking like the Hawkeyes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it is better for him. You know, and, and I'll put it there. I wrote a thing uh, two days ago. Keegan's going to be the fifth pick in the draft. Yeah. He's going to the Pistons. And if he slips at all, he's going to the Pacers. Mm-hmm. 
no one would envision that he was a fifth or sixth pick. No. And, and Chris is still growing. You know, I loved how Fran utilized him, how he allowed him to grow, how he allowed him to, you know, pop in, pop out, get his get his game off, do his thing. Um, this is the best long-term decision he could potentially make for his future career. Chris comes back, they're an NCAA tournament team. Is that fair? Do you want me to go a little deeper? Yeah. I don't think the Hawkeyes will not make the NCAA tournament until I die. <laughs> they built or it Fran up leaves. All right, they built it up to that level. that Just every single year. And you kind of look at the roster and you got questions. What's point guard going to look like this year? DeSante Bowen, I know you saw him, obviously, in the grassroots circuit. Uh, what you think about him as a player and, and how he translate into really what Fran wants as a point guard? Am I being politically correct no, here? No, no. Tell us the truth. I, I, I don't. I don't think he's it. I hope he's. I hope I'm wrong. I do. You know, I, I love. I love all our schools, all mm-hmm. our state schools. I grew up in Idaho. I grew up, uh, you know, loving the Hawkeyes, playing NCAA football, rebuilding the Cyclones, mm-hmm. the Hawkeyes. You know, it, I hope he's as good as 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 Fran needs him to be. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if he's as tough as Fran needs him to be. Toughness, gotcha. Yeah, and and you know, no, don't disregard. It, and I hope I'm wrong, and mm-hmm. I'll be the first one to tell you, Mister Desante. Like I will, I'll I'll admit my faults in this regard. But I think that that might be the only piece that I do not like about you know the Hawkeyes moving forward. But again, they find if, a way. Yeah, and if Fran decides it, then guess what, Mister Lamb. You're an idiot. You're probably freaking wrong. <laughs> they just find a way, and certainly have built that up. Still looking for a big guy in the portal. Chris Murray coming back. That's going to be a huge de- decision for them, but they got some dudes. Connor comes back, mixing it up, and boy, if he shoots the basketball like he did the last three weeks of the season, uh, Connor could help out in a big-time way. Hey. How about Tony Perkins? Can he play a little point? Oh, my gosh. He, he was uh, just a resurgence yes. for that team. But I think Connor needs to take that 350k and just sit on the sideline with his dad. <laughs> that's, that's what I'd do if I was him. That'll be great coming. family, man. Those dudes love hoops. John Lamb joining me here. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back on the other side, get back into the NBA. Kyle Irving, get a stop by. We will get some thoughts on the NBA playoffs. Before that, though, time. Let's try to give you a thousand dollars. It's time for a thousand dollar home run. This nationwide contest where you go to. KXNO.com. There you'll see a little pop-up box. You enter the keyword grand. Grand at KXNO.com. It's your chance to win $1,000. We're talking NBA when we come back. Miller and Condon on a Thursday. John Lynn Lamb in for Ken as we continue. And in Ankeny. <laughs> the biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circus Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com. Most everyone knows that the Grumpy Goat Tavern has great lunches and dinners. But did you know that the Grumpy Goat Tavern also has breakfast? 
Classics like steak and eggs, the hangover burrito, chorizo biscuits and gravy. You can step it up with the shrimp and grits, breakfast fried rice, or hot chicken and waffles. And don't forget the big-ass cinnamon roll. Plus, bottomless Bloody Marys and mimosas. Do brunch at the Grumpy Goat Tavern, Mill Civic in West Des Moines, 50th Street in West Des Moines. Things come together. Back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trey Cotton and John Liam back with you as we take you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO. Here talks some NBA, John Liam. I would love nothing more unless it's Pokemon cards, obviously. Yeah, well, I know that's number one for you. Mr. Pokemon in the house with us today wearing his sunglasses, looking like Lane Staley. Right now we go to... The left coast out to our man in California. His Kyle Irving writes for the Sporting News, and he joins us here today. Hey, Kyle, I know a little bit late getting to you. Appreciate you holding on with us. And a late night I thought was going to be in front of us last night, but that one turned into a laugher. Two games into the conference finals and two blowouts. We got some better games coming to us here the next couple of nights. I think so. I think we do. I feel like it starts with tonight's game where, I mean, it looked like we were going to get a good game in the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals, and then uh, things unraveled pretty quickly for the Celtics in the second half. But I do have this stat for you that I saw on Twitter earlier today that teams that won a Game 7 go on to lose Game 1 of the next series 60% of the time. Which, if you think about it, it adds up. I mean, (laughs) both of those series were really physical. Uh, They were really draining, uh, talking about, Dallas and Phoenix, even though that last game wasn't very draining. Um, and then, you know, with Boston, they only had one day off after that grueling series with the Bucks. So it really should come as no surprise that the two teams that battled in Game 7s or seven-game series in the round before went on to lose in the, fir- in the, uh, in the first game of the next round. Kyle, I love your, your insight and your, your willingness to see those dirty details. What do you think Dallas has to do to be the Dallas we know? I think that last night uh, it was a little bit of a shell shock for Luka Doncic. I mean, everyone went into that series talking about, well, who's going to guard Luka? And a lot of times the answer is, well, you don't really guard Luka. You can't really (laughs) stop him. So it's about stopping the other guys around him. But I think, you know, to make life easier for Luka, it's going to come down to guys like Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith knocking down shots. I mean, we saw those players uh, step up big time for the Mavericks in that series against the Suns. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith had a game where he knocked down eight threes. Jalen Brunson really find a, uh, really found his groove after a slow start to the series, and those are the type of things that make life easier for Luka. I mean, last night Andrew Wiggins did a phenomenal job guarding uh, Luka Doncic, but without anybody else producing, it was easy for Draymond Green to help off, Clay Thompson to help off, help off uh, Kevon Looney to help off, or double on pick and rolls, and it really felt like you know the Warriors were able to really key in on Luca without having to worry about anybody else because no one else could get it going. And as a result, Luca only had two points and six turnovers in the second half. Two things. They shot 22% from the three-point line. Do yeah. they keep settling? And secondly, this is the first year Kevon Looney has played all 82 games. What makes him so valuable to the Warriors? I think that... Kevon Looney is more mobile than he gets credit for. Um, I think that, you know, as a big man, he, he was kind of on those earlier Warriors teams. He was young. He was coming off the bench, and he was kind of just providing him a few minutes here and there. But I think what we're starting to see in these playoffs, and, he, you know, he had a big 20-rebound game in the last round. It's You know, he's, he's the type of guy who is going to go out there and be physical, and he gives them some size where the Warriors are used to playing 
with that small ball lineup of Draymond Green at the five. So, you know, when you're dealing with one of the best defenders I've ever seen in my lifetime in Draymond Green, who is obviously, you know, still great at protecting the rim because of his long wingspan. Uh, now all of a sudden you throw a guy who's almost seven feet down there and life gets a lot more difficult trying to finish around the rim for whether it's Luca, Jalen Brunson or whoever's attacking. Um, and, you know, you asked if the Mavericks will go away from shooting threes. I really don't think so. I think that they're the type of team that is willing to live and die by the three. I mean, and that's also a product of playing with, you know, a playmaker of Luca's Luca's caliber. I mean, if they double him on drives or if they're focusing too much on him, more often than not, it's going to be a swing to the next person that's open. And the Warriors' defense usually does a pretty good job of rotating. And then it's going to be another swing to someone, whether it's in the corner or on the wing. And if it's an open shot, you got to take it. It's just going to come down to can they make that open shot or not. Kyle, you're great at what you do. I have one more question later, but I'm going to give it back to the boss right now. All right. Yeah, I want to get back to what we're going to see tonight. doesn't look like Al Horford's going to be able to clear protocols and be able to play, but Marcus Smart's going to give it to go. He's got the, the midfoot sprain that he is dealing with here. Boston played really well in the first half against Miami, and then the third quarter happened, and it was just an absolute onslaught. You mentioned coming off the Game 7. I think that was a huge factor in what we saw. But minus Al Horford, how much trouble do you think that still puts Boston in and, and maybe digging themselves an 0-2 hole? Yeah, here's the thing. I mean, obviously, Marcus Mario is the defensive player of the year, and getting him back will be crucial. But, you know, he's playing with an in- they said that he still has some swelling and he's still feeling a little bit of pain. But as you know, with Marcus Smart, I mean, he's a warrior. He very rarely ever misses two games in a row. And I think he's going to give it a go tonight. But I don't really think that that changes much with what Jimmy Butler did the other night. I mean, the guy got to the free throw line, I think it was 18 times or 19 times. And that's really a product of not having a big presence like Al Horford down there. They had Robert Williams down there who's, you know, he's playing a little dinged up. He had a really good game the other night, I thought. But still, I mean, Jimmy Butler was attacking. He put on a DeMar DeRozan-esque performance with, you know, these pump fakes that he was getting the Celtics to fall for over and over and over again. And I don't see the Celtics just going and throwing Marcus Smart on him trying to solve that problem right away because he's still dealing with that injury. So, I mean, it really comes down to Jalen Brown, who he's had some good games offensively, but I still don't think he's been anywhere near the caliber of defender that we've seen from him at times in these playoffs. He really struggles. I mean, everyone struggles with Giannis, but Jalen Brown's had some success against him in the past, and he really couldn't get it done in that in that series. And we saw him struggle against Jimmy Butler the other night. And the Celtics do a lot of switching, which, you know, it makes it hard to really judge one-on-one matchups. But I think that it really does come down to Jalen Brown being able to be a little bit more physical and keeping up with Jimmy Butler because, I mean, if this guy's getting to the free-throw line 18 times, he's hard enough to stop when he's not getting to the free-throw line. Uh, I don't see how you get it done if he's getting to the free-throw line that often. Talking right now with our man Kyle Irving. John, uh, before we let Kyle go, I know you had an NBA draft question, and his uh, mock draft is one after the lottery is up at SportingNews.com. What do you got for him, John? Did I already tell him he's really good at his job? You did. You did. Okay, cool. <laughs> Where's Keegan you, Murray going to go, brother? Keegan Murray, he's an interesting one because, you know, I've seen him from anywhere. Don't BS us <laughs> Iowa fans, pal. <laughs> we need answers now or else. I, I honestly really like the fit with the Indiana Pacers, and that's where I had him mocked uh, in my mock draft. I just think that that's a really good opportunity for him because he's someone that he scores so easily, even though you know he's not freakishly athletic or really shifty as a dribbler. He's someone that can just get to his spots and knock down shots. He's a really good, versatile defender. And I think after the Pacers moved on from DeMontis Sabonis last year, 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, they still have Miles Turner down there, but I think that a player like Keegan Murray, especially playing alongside uh, playmakers that you know really see the floor the way that Malcolm Brogdon and Tyrese Halliburton do, uh, I really see Keegan Murray fitting in perfectly there. I think he would give them another scoring punch that the Pacers really, really, truly need uh, from that forward position. I think that would be a really good fit. But I've also seen him mock to you know Sacramento at four. So I think Ooh. he really is someone that could go anywhere between you know four. But I would even say maybe even three, but probably not cracking that top three, but probably four to six range uh, is probably where Keegan will end up. Yeah, I have my five or six real fast. One, two, three. Don't say anything other than that. One, two, three, in my opinion, is Paulo Bencaro, Jabari Smith Jr., and then Chet Holmgren. Boom. Um, and that's, Love it. that's really, you know, to kind of give you a little bit more there, that's just who I believe can make an impact right away at the NBA level, uh, not necessarily what their ceiling will be. Good stuff. Hey, Kyle, appreciate your time as always. We'll try to track you down again next week as we continue on with the conference finals and get a little deeper into the draft. You're heading to Chicago, right? I actually am in Chicago right now. I was going to say, you should have already been there, bro. Yeah, I'm on Central Time. I'm at the Combine right now. Perfect. Come on over. It's four and a half hours. <laughs> right, hop in the car. We, we can <laughs> get one for you. Hey, Kyle, we'll talk again next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the day. Kyle Irving with the Sporting News. His mock draft up, sportingnews.com, and he has got Keegan Murray going number six to the Pacers. How about that? Be a Hawkeye and Cyclone playing together there in Indianapolis. Well, I will say the Cyclone dominates that team. He's Halliburton good. is a dude. I'd let him marry my daughter. <laughs> How about that? We're going to go back. On the other side, it's time for the Circus Sports Plays of the Day. I got a list of bets. It was a rough one yesterday. Well, what do you do? You get better when you, you come take back. money from your wife and you bet more. <laughs> I like how you're thinking. That's next here <laughs> on Miller. Far away. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circus Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com. Good bets off. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO. And Trent's Pick of the Day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. All right, put a wrap on things. We are short on time. John, we talked a little too long. Can you imagine that? It's just a typical day in our life, man. Us mediocre human beings yeah. just talking sports. That's what we're doing today. A lot of basketball talk. Really enjoyed it. Before we get out of here, though, got to give out my Circa Plays of the Day. We got, well, let's see, three in baseball. We're going to kick things off. The Padres laying minus 105 against the Phillies. Got you, Darvish, on the bump. That one happening in 10 minutes. Also this afternoon, back on the Reds train. Took him yesterday. It was rained out. We'll go back with Mally tonight. Plus the 113. White Sox, I'm going to lay it tonight, uh, this afternoon, excuse me, against Kansas City after the Royals got the game yesterday. Hockey tonight, I am going to do this. Both games, I'm going to go with the favorite, but I'm going to lay a goal and a half. Get plus money on both of them. Panthers plus 158. Avalanche plus 105. And give me the Celtics tonight, plus three and a half. Smart man. Hey, I'll never fill... Pin set size 17 shoe. Grateful to be here. Love iHeartRadio. Love KXNO. Thanks for having me, TC. Oh, it was great. We'll do it again next week. John will join us on Thursday. Tomorrow, Emery Songer, Murph and Andy, come your way at 1 o'clock. The Fanatics at 3. It's KXNO Bart Stormers Weekly tonight at 6.